0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks, which, which
1: that's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the central division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby.
0: It is always great to beat the Cubs.
1: And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of.
0: What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm going to beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap post game show. It's Johnny Nani here alongside N.W.I. Steve to discuss White Sox five two victory, open the series over the Oakland Athletics this fine Monday night. Steve, how you doing, my man? Hey, yo, Johnny. Always doing good
1: after a nice, crisp White Sox winter, baby. Let's talk about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of stuff to get into tonight. Uh, some milestones hit, a little bit of small ball being played, Um, and bullpen returning back to form. Those will be the main topics uh, covered here tonight. But before we get into the game action, listeners, make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Give us a follow on social media at Socks on Tap and at On Tap Sportsnet. And the show is also brought to you by Grandstand. So make sure you're visiting them right by the ballpark. 35th and Wallace is the location for all White Sox merchandising needs. You can also shop online at GrandstandSox.com. Visit them on social media at GrandstandSox. So, Steve, like I mentioned, 5 2 victory tonight, getting off uh, to this. Uh, series uh, starting on the right foot here. Uh, Nice to see after dropping the final two uh, of that Yankee series at home. Um, Dallas Keuchel, let's start right from the top here. Uh, Had a little bit of a rough second inning, but overall, uh, not bad. And I think the White Sox did well on him uh, by removing him after the fifth.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this quite a bit in recent weeks here, that one bad inning has really been the bugaboo for Diamond Dallas throughout the course of the season here. And... I know I've been kind of honing in on this quite a bit here at this point that it's it's two times through the order, five innings with, with Keuchel, anything more than that, you're really just kind of playing with fire at this point, and I think that this is a game plan that we're going to really start to see the White Sox and Tony La Russa, Ethan Katz implement here uh, over the last 6 weeks of this season and into October should they need to use Dallas in a pivotal must-win situation in in the postseason here and then you saw him obviously backed up by by the bullpen A squad as we yes. typically like to call it here um this is the formula here this is how they're going to go about trying to win the important games during the month of
0: October. Yeah, most definitely a bullpen A squad like we're talking about. We'll get to them in a minute Um, after we get to some scoring plays that happened here, but obviously uh, Kopech in there. Uh, then you got Craig Kimbrell and Liam Hendricks, both those guys, uh, all of those guys, excuse me, not both, all of them, all three of them getting the jobs done in their respective innings tonight. But Let's start scoring here uh, because it was the top of the second, like I mentioned, that gave Diamond Dallas some trouble. Uh, Matt Chapman's solo home run, Uh, this makes it 1-0, and he just left this. A stat cast says it was a slider, but it's only coming in at 79, uh, over when you leave that middle out, Steve, that's going to get crushed.
1: And especially you do that to a guy with the caliber of Matt Chapman. Odds are, you, you make that mistake out
0: over the heart of the plate. You're not going to get that baseball back, and that's what we saw here. Yeah, uh, most definitely. So, a uh, good player for them. He uh, get, gets A's on the board and they wouldn't be done because Dallas Keuchel, uh, goes, this, is little, this is a little bit frustrating for me. I'm sure it was frustrating for him as well. Gets ahead of Harrison, uh, 0-2 in his account, and then he hits him. Comes inside, hits him. Okay, you can rebound from that. He's a ground ball pitcher. Can, you can know, get a ground ball and get out of that. But no, what does he do? He walks the next two guys, uh, gives up an RBI single to Canna, uh, and then luckily I uh, was able to get Marte Ground into force out here uh, and then struck out Olsen. But uh, it, it, this is, like you talked about, the, the one inning where things just seem to fall apart.
1: That really
0: had an opportunity to snowball
1: for, from this team here with, with that aim, just that sequence of, like you talked about, that 0-2 hit, uh, hit by pitch—that's something that you you never like to see as a pitcher. And you follow that up then by issuing two walks to the bottom part of this Oakland A's order. A couple of guys that really aren't um, prolific offensive hitters. So, you know, you put this team in a position now where they've got bases loaded, one out, and then you bring the top of the order up here. This had a chance to get out of hand quickly. So you actually do have to give Dallas credit here for really hunkering down in that situation, getting out of that inning with only two runs on the board there. And allowing this team to be in a position to ultimately come back and win this game.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it there, Steve, because you, you get upset with him uh, for you know leaving the uh, ball out Chapman, and then obviously uh, the hit-by-pitch and the couple walks there, losing the command after, but he did make a nice play, too. I need to point this out. There's a reason he is a gold-glove pitcher. I know some people can say that's overrated in part of his game, but... It, it, it just the fact he made nice, uh, you know, re- reaching grab out to his right uh, and fired home to cut down the run. Uh, uh, Piscotti at home there and then uh, came back and got Olsen the K. Um, so, you know, a little bit of r- rough stuff that got the Sox down and then rebounded though. And like you said, limited the damage. And that was big tonight because this is all the A's would get. Uh, let's go to the White Sox scoring, bottom of the third. Uh, it would be Cesar Hernandez, with the sack fly uh, scoring. Um, Sebi Zavala uh, on this one. Nice to see Cesar. First uh, instance I talked about, about a little bit of uh, small ball going on. Um, White Sox manufacture another one, the bottom of the fourth, uh, and this would be Sebi doing it himself with an RBI single. Uh, that scored Johan Mankat, or excuse me, that was after uh, this inning started. I need to backtrack a little bit here because Moncata started the single. Vaughn uh, then grounded into a double play. Seems like this is going to be a little bit of a waste, uh, but with two outs, White Sox able to get it going. Luis Robert uh, with the single. Goodwin, walk, and then that's when Sebi came up here. Uh, Let's talk about Sebi a little bit. Hey, uh, I know it's not always consistent, but he is shown a propensity to be able to get the job done in certain situations, Steve. You're
1: you're absolutely right, Johnny. I mean, look, he is showing that – when Yaz money gets back here in a couple of weeks, this is your backup catcher. Zach Collins is dead man walking. We've talked about this quite a bit of late. And I think every time that Sebby comes out there and does something positive offensively to help make contribution to this team here, he's just further cementing his position on this roster going forward. And we saw some actually some pretty quality at bats here tonight. Um, you know, he had another key pivotal offensive sequence coming up here that, uh, that I know we're going to get into, but he's, he's showing you that, you know what, there's some signs of life in that bat. I think that obviously there's going to be ebbs and flows to this here, but if he can make some positive contributions here um, throughout the course of of the remainder of this season here, there's no reason why this guy can't be on a major league roster.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Well said on Sebi there. And then I think also uh, one thing that goes unnoticed because Sebi got the RBI here, but this is the start of a nice night for Luis Robert. Uh, Obviously, he'd have the big blast later in the game, but overall three-hit night for him. uh, Nice to see uh, Luis Robert uh, back in action and looking uh, like he's fully healthy um, in this game here. So uh, White Sox add on another one in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, That was uh, Anderson leading off with the single. Hernandez with the bunt single down the line that Chapman uh, maybe misplayed a little bit. Uh, Brave strikes out, but then Eloy delivers a rocket down the third base line, uh, hits off of Chapman's glove. Uh, that makes it three to two here. White Sox, uh, Mikado would strike out Vaughn fly out to end that inning. But hey, uh, good to see Eloy just keep rolling, man. Elias just hitting piss rods all
1: over the ballpark of late. He's he's getting himself into good quality hitters counts and he is squaring the ball up and guys are making mistakes out over the heart of the plate with him and he is just missing and even you know when they're not making mistakes over the heart of the plate. He's so dialed in right now that he's just hitting, like I said, piss rods. I mean, every time, seemingly, he goes up there. Um, this is the force that was in the middle part of this lineup that that they have been missing for a good portion of the season. Now you put that big bat in there and you just see his ability to drive in key runs. And, and that, was a, that was a big spot right there. And a lot of people like to talk about, you know, RBIs not being that important. And I think the context of the matters. Um, you know, when, when we're talking about that, this was a sequence right here where you had to find a way to get that run in right there because that was the go ahead and ultimately the winning run. Eloy found a way to do it. He's been really driving the ball and driving in key runs um, for the last couple of weeks here since he came back into the lineup.
0: Yep, obviously we've seen it in bunches with the multi-home run games and multi-run home runs too. Uh, that, that adds up quickly, so that's nice to see. Uh, get, it gets the numbers up there after missing so much time to begin the season. Uh, but then on, on that, your point to him uh, you know, hitting the ball extremely hard. Don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I believe it uh, was 102 or 103 uh, off the bat on that line drive. And Matt Chapman, uh, he's a pretty tall dude, and he's uh, one of the best defensive third basemen in the game, so that just shows you how hard he actually hit that thing for it to deflect off the glove and go into left field
1: there. What's what's, what's funny is that, you know, they talked about in his previous at-bat, he hit 110 off the bat that Chapman made a, a superior pick on. And so, yep. you know, you must have just thrown him a change up there at 102, and, and uh, Chapman was <laughs> kind of caught off guard by it.
0: Yeah, it, it goes to the point, though, hit the ball in the air. Uh, that, that, that'll uh, be better because the one uh, that was under 10 was unfortunately on the ground earlier. But this is one that mattered, uh, gets the run home, like you'd mentioned, would eventually be the game-winning run here. But Sox would not be done, and we are getting to that sequence you mentioned earlier with more Sebby Zavala situational stuff here. Uh, let's set up the uh, inning here. Luis Robert, like I mentioned earlier, nice game for him. Leads it off with a single. Uh, he steals second, and he's originally called out. Um, good job by the White Sox coaching staff challenge this. I know there's some ire uh, as of late, but, you know, it happens over the course of 162-game season. Uh, White Sox challenge this. They get the call, uh, and he was very obviously safe. Another point that I, I tweeted this out from Sox on Tapsy, but I want to bring it up to you too. Beyond, you know, obviously big spot in the game here, I'm very thankful for the sliding glove that Luis Robert wears because you saw how violently his hand hit into the base and you saw even the corner of it kind of like plush up a little bit. Um yeah, that could have been we could be talking about some broken fingers here. So uh shout out to sliding gloves real quick there.
1: Yeah, there look there's a lot of force when, when he gets rolling there. Um and you know you try to you try to make that stop. You know, with all that energy going forward right there, with, with a hard slide, and as big and as strong as that dude is, I mean, that's that's a jammed wrist, broken finger, waiting to happen right there. So, to to your point, yes, keep that Arby's mitt on there, and uh, let's keep you keep that guy in the lineup. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, uh, Brian Goodwin ground out would send uh, Mister Robert to third, uh, and then Sebi Zavala comes up in this spot, uh, and he lays down uh, a sack bunt, a, a squeeze and scores the run, and obviously, we didn't know at this time. Uh, you obviously, you always score as much as you possibly can, but in the situation, Steve, um, you know, I think it was the right call and obviously worked out in White Sox' favor here
1: hundred percent. And Steve Stone was actually talking about that um, leading up to the sequence right there and saying, you know, this was actually a very good spot for a safety squeezer, given the A's defensive alignment. They had the infield playing back pretty deep right there. And he, he point blank said, he's like, you know, if you can push this thing down the first baseline right there, you're going to be able to get the run in, especially with as quick as Robert is. If he gets a, an appropriate read on it, that's going to be another run. And then right on cue, there it was. And that was just picture. Perfect execution of the safety squeeze right there from Sebi Zavala.
0: Yeah, it is showing uh, just another you know element of his game. And sure, it's probably it's not going to happen all the time, but that is something now that we've seen him do in a game. Um, and I don't know if you'd be asking Zach Collins to do that anyway, but you know that Sebi can get that down for you. He's very fundamentally sound uh, on his approach and the push with it, uh, to, uh, You know, getting it down the first baseline far enough, uh, allowing Robert to score. Not that he needs that much room, but obviously you want to, place the ball uh, in, you know, kind of uh, no man's land, so to say there. So uh, they'll put the White Sox White Sox, up four to two after six here. Uh, and then the next run for the Sox to round out our scoring here would be uh, Luis Roberts' third hit of the game uh, and an insurance blast out to left. This guy makes it look so easy, Steve. Luis. Luis. <laughs> love it love it i love buzz tweeted out during the game he said i just rolled the r so damn hard i think i chipped my tooth uh love to hear that because that's where we started it started with buzz tony a little bit i joined in on it now we we've got you in on it too takes a little bit of crafting for it but Luis robert Three-hit game, big insurance blast, a couple of nice singles here tonight. So good to see from Luis Robert. Let's talk about the pitching side here, though, Steve, uh, because, like you would mentioned, bullpen A squad came to play tonight, and it was Michael Kopeck starting off uh, six inning, coming in uh, two clean innings. Um, this guy was throwing gas tonight. Everything, essentially, I could only count maybe three, four fastballs that were below the 97-mile-an-hour mark.
1: Yeah, he was amped up today. He was bringing it, and and he
0: really had that high elevated fastball working to put guys away. Um,
1: you know, Stone talks about this quite a bit with you know the the high spin rate that he's got on, on that pitch and the, and the backspin that it creates right there, um, making it just a, a really deadly weapon up in the zone. And then you saw him complementing that in in a number of sequences. I think it was on Chapman uh, that he got him, which is an absolutely nasty breaking ball, changing his eye levels there. And this is what he is able to do when he is right, and we have seen this through a vast majority of the season there have been a couple of hiccups here and there but this is the guy right there that in that spot for the sixth and seventh inning that multi-inning reliever weapon this guy is an absolute monster right there and can build that bridge from the starter to the back end of this bullpen in this case and Hendricks
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I would, you know, it's weird to say this, but Michael Kopech has been your most consistent option out of the bullpen. And I I say weird, obviously now uh, viewing it in hindsight makes total sense. Obviously, everyone can kind of see that just based on the performances. You never feel really, uh, you know, anxious at all when Kopech enters, but it's because it's been more Hendricks and Kimbrel as of late uh, with some of the flare-ups and issues that we've seen. So uh, Kopech further solidifying that three strikeouts tonight, one walk um, that was, you know, obviously, Obviously no runs, uh, no hits given up there, so a clean sheet overall, for the most part, for Michael Kopech. Let's get down to uh, Mr. Craig Kimbrell. Uh, so he hits the first batter uh, when he comes in to start the eighth inning, uh, and then he's able to get a strikeout, but then Jed Lowry tattoos one out to right field. Steve, this is a big break because it was uh, a ground rule double that bounced over the fence there. Uh, I think a run comes home on that, and the A's are getting within one here um, if that ball doesn't go over the fence. But Dirty Craig able to come back and he records his thousandth career strikeout on Matt Chapman, I believe, uh, in that, you know, for the second out of the inning and is able to uh, get the third via the K uh, as well to close that thing out. And I, I don't know about you, Steve, but I love that. I took a screenshot of it, uh, of Kimbrel when he just, you know, the, he had a runner on third there. So he's doing like the death stare toward third, checking the runner out. Uh, but you could tell he was fired up, amped up, ready to get out of that inning.
1: Look, that was a big spot right there. You you talked about the the luck element of that ball bouncing out of the field play right there. And that absolutely I think kept a run from getting on the board right there. So, you know, and credit to Kimball here in that spot, like Dallas earlier in the game here, really hunkering down and and keeping that game locked in where it was at, getting those two pivotal strikeouts to close up the innings. That's why you went out and got this guy to miss bats late in games in must-win situations right there. That was on display here
0: tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Nice uh, to see that bounce back after. You know, like I said, some sometimes, you know, uh, over the course of the long season, some guys are going to give – even your best guys, even your best lockdown guys every once in a while are going to get touched. Um, But it's about being able to work around that and bounce back from performances that don't go your way uh, completely and, and, you know, coming out, shutting the door the next time down. Um so that, that would uh, translate over that same theme, right over to Liam Hendricks. And hey, talk about uh, being fired up. I, I, I don't know if it's the most fired up we've seen him like physically, as in jumping around and stuff. I mean, he always does stuff like that, but there had to be a mental factor there playing his former team that obviously did not resign him. Uh, I don't know if they thought he was too expensive or whatnot. I, I don't know what the rumors, the the rumblings were surrounding that with him with the A's. Probably knew he was on his way out anyway, though. Um, but doing this three strikeouts, uh, you know, not even letting him hit the ball uh, in, in this instance here. Uh, great to see from Liam Hendricks after a lot of people were calling for the uh, roles to be shuffled a little bit, Steve.
1: You're you're 100 right on this one again, Johnny. There was definitely a lot more, and even an added element of emotion with Liam Hendricks here tonight. And I think just given the struggles that he had in that Yankee series, in, in particular, he really wanted to kind of go out there and shove. And that's why I think he was he was really utilizing that fastball today. But you know, he also had I would say probably some of the best command of his slider that he has had in recent weeks. Um, so you know, having obviously that second offering there to to keep hitters off balance, right? there, be able to change their eye levels there, making that high elevated fastball that much more of a weapon, that's going to be a key for him here to get on track and, and prevent those long balls here going forward
0: here. I really like the observation about the better slider command there, Steve, because I feel like at times Liam Hendricks and look at this goes back to just his whole aura, his emotional uh, sort of style of pitching that he employs, and that's totally a part of his game. You don't want to take that away, but you want to be able to channel it and perform at your highest level there. And sometimes I feel like when he is too riled up, you'll see it in the command, in the, beyond just the you know uh, slapping himself and yelling and whatnot. you'll see it absolutely spike, whereas, of course, it's a nasty break. You're going to have some that that are going low and away uh, to a righty or low and into a lefty and and in the dirt, and the catcher has to make a block. That's going to happen sometime, but it happens more frequently when he's too over the top. Do you you agree with that assessment?
1: Yeah, he he definitely can be too amped up at at times, and look, there's a lot of guys that – need to pitch with emotion but the fact of the matter is sometimes that it just can be a little bit over the top and you start trying to throw everything 102, 103 miles an hour and then all of a sudden now your location isn't as fine you're you're getting that ball down so instead of that fastball being at the very top level of the strike zone um all of a sudden now maybe you're you're down at the belt a little bit above it and then that's when you start to get in, into trouble so there's Going to be times here where he's absolutely going to have to hone that in, stay a little bit more composed here, and he does that. Uh, you know what we saw from him tonight. I mean, this is again, this is how the Sox drew this thing up, and and they executed it tonight to perfection.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want I need to give a shout out to uh, one of our guys, um, on tap contributor, uh, Sox Insights, Josh. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted this out during the game and said, you know, tonight would be a great night for uh, the, the bullpen to work out as planned, uh, and obviously the plan. Uh, was laid out and executed uh, perfectly by all these guys. Obviously, a little hiccup with Kimbrell there um, with uh, with you know the situation with the hit batsman, uh, the ground rule double. But overall, uh, at the end of the day, job gets done. White Sox locked this thing down. Uh, no runs after that second inning. Love to see it. That's exactly what you expect from bullpen A squad. So uh, final thoughts on this game, Steven then let's move on to game two.
1: That's just a good, clean, crisp win. Um, nice to do that after, after dropping those two straight games to the Yankees there in frustrating fashion. So nice to get back in that left-hand column.
0: All right, so I love home runs as much as the next person. Don't get me wrong. And we, we, we've we always said the same, ball go far, team go far. Still believe that wholeheartedly, but we saw early in the season with a lot of the big mashers out of the lineup that the White Sox sometimes are not going to be able to do that every game. They're not going to be able to hit the long ball all the time. So it was nice to see, I will say, a little bit refreshing to see a return and know that even if you're not doing that, you can still set yourself up and be able to win games and execute in those situations. Suby Zavala getting the squeeze down, perfect example there. Situational hitting with Eloy. Mena's roping that one down the line uh, for the go-ahead run there. So um, nice to see that. You know, don't want to play small ball all the time because uh, you 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 just see the record uh, when they hit home runs. So obviously, you aim for that. But at the same time, uh, it's not going to be like that every day. Baseball is a long season, and sometimes you need to win in different ways. So nice to see the White Sox put that on display uh, against a solid Oakland A's team uh, that is you know vying for that wild card spot out west. There, Uh, we'll be right back at it against these A's tomorrow night. That being Tuesday, uh, and it will be a 7-10 start once again. NBC Sports Chicago. Chris Bassett for the A's. Reynaldo Lopez spot start here for our White Sox. What are you expecting from this one, Steve?
1: Hopefully Raylo can go out there, give the Sox three to four quality innings. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to try to just limit him to one time through the order again, um, as, as we've seen from him recently here. So just go out there, attack the strike zone. He's actually done a really good job of that here so far since he's been back in Chicago, um, you know, limiting the free passes, which was always a big bugaboo for him. So he's been going out after guys pretty aggressively. Um, you know, we know that this A's team is built to work counts, you know, get, get on base, take walks as, as they famously said during, during money ball, he gets on base. That's, that's their whole key right there. So uh, Ray will just go out there, be aggressive within the strike zone. And then it, it's going to be interesting to see, how Tony chooses to follow up uh, Ray Lowe tomorrow. I don't think we're going to see Michael Kopech. One of the roster moves we saw here was Mike Wright being brought up. So I'm a little concerned that that's what we're going to see um, a little bit tomorrow. So hopefully the Sox can get to uh, Chris Bassett, you know, a guy that broke into the big leagues with them. And, you know, for everybody that wants to talk about the Fernando Tatis trade and how bad that one was for the, for the Sox as an organization, the trade that sent Chris Bassett, Monta, or, or yeah, Bassett and uh, Josh Fagley, and, and um, I can't remember who the third piece was to Oakland for Jeff Samarja is one that uh, still looms. Pretty large here and looks
0: really bad. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, the you know for, former White Sox, White Sox legend, uh, old friend, whatever you want to call it, Chris Passett, uh going for the A's. He's putting together a very nice season uh, for Oakland out there. So yes, I agree with you that one looking bad as well. Especially considering, uh, you know, just go and Google whatever Jeff Samard is doing right now. And so we'll, uh, you know, uh, he, he comes he's, into that. he's yeah. counting. He's
1: counting his 120
0: career million dollars that he that he earned playing. Yeah, uh, most definitely. So, uh, yeah, now from this one, I I have that gut feeling too, uh, like you'd mentioned as part of the roster moves, uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, you may see Mike right here if you're just looking for uh, some innings and some maybe a little bit of a bridge there if Raylo is only getting the three, uh, four, and obviously we saw that w- with the series finale at Minnesota, even on a uh, getaway day, you know, big uh, build-up for the Field of Dreams games, trying to rest guys, uh, they still uh, eliminate them there, so I would imagine uh, that would be a same strategy employed here, and that's also, you know, just setting them, set them up best because you're basically hanging them out to dry if you put them through the order, uh, you know, um, into the two to three range. So uh, we'll see how it plays out, but uh, just keep an eye on that. Mike Wright could be an option. Also, uh, Zach Birdie, excuse me, Zach Birdie was DFA'd as part of that. And then uh, Ryan Burr recalled and uh, Matt Foster sent down. So Ryan Burr is the other new arm, uh, not new, but you know, whatever. Uh, Freshly called up arm uh, in the bullpen there. So Steve, let's get picks to click here. Uh, Put it in highlights here because I feel like we forgot the last few times. Let's not forget it uh, tonight. We got
1: I think uh, Long Vaughn long Summer, I think he's going to put one in the bleachers again. I know uh, you're going to be at the ballpark tomorrow. I'm planning on being out there. So who knows? May, maybe, one of a, may, maybe I'll end up being in the bleachers there tomorrow for a little bleachers and brew action. And maybe I'll catch myself in an Andrew Vaughn Homer.
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I like that pick there. Um, as we're looking at this one, um, you know, I went with Cesar tonight. He did get a sack fly, so that that's all right. I'll, I'll take that one there. Um Mm, looking at this White Sox team, I will go with Mr. Eloy Jimenez uh, based on an extremely small sample size of four at-bats. He's hitting 500 against Chris Bassett. So I've uh, been a little bit since I picked Eloy, though, so I will cycle back to him. Um, that's about all I've got for this one, Steve. Anything else before we get out of here?
1: No, just just nice win. Let's keep it going tomorrow. Let's build a little bit of momentum here. Been, been a little bit lethargic the last few weeks. It's time to turn the page here and, and start taking this thing into gear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You can set a tone here uh, because you have this series, obviously a four gamer, and then you're going down to play the Tampa Bay Rays uh, at the trop uh, at the end of this week. So generating some momentum, uh, getting those good vibes rolling back and nice series win would be nice. That would mean you're winning three uh, in the series against A's. I would like that. Uh, that would be a good juju going into the weekend as buzz uh, would like to say. So that's about it for uh, socks on tap tonight. Thank you everyone for tuning in on the live stream. You can catch this wherever you listen to your podcast in the morning as well. We'll actually post it. Probably Probably about an hour uh, after we're done here. So cue uh, it up for the morning. Make sure you're visiting on for all Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can also you know, find these podcasts right there on the podcast page uh, on the website there. Uh, give us a follow on social media at Tap at OnTapSportsNet. Make sure you're visiting Grandstand for all White Sox merchandise needs located right by the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. You can also shop online at GrandstandSox.com. Social media is where they drop a bunch of their new releases. Really cool stuff coming out from them. That's at Grandstand Socks on Twitter and Instagram. So, Steve, that wraps it up for tonight. I have three words. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.